This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we proclaim and ponder our Sunday Mass readings. We have entered into the third Sunday or the third week in ordinary time, and it's a beautiful time, as I've mentioned last week about this season of ordinary time. It comes after this beautiful time of of Christmas and Advent, and then it's going to lead us into another liturgical season of Lent, which prepares us for Easter. So it's a time really to continue to reflect, to grow deeper. I love Love to see that color green that comes out in the vestments for our priests during ordinary time. And it's just a great symbol, a reminder. Uh, a lot of times I think about living here in the Pacific Northwest, we are surrounded by green. In fact, we were commenting how long our grass is. It's so green, but it's because we have so much rain and not really a good time of the year to mow. So we just are surrounded by green and God is blessing us with his radiance. In fact, this is what a little bit of the theme that I want to point out that's that's really resonated in these readings that you're going to hear is a light has arisen, a newly risen sun has emerged. And what do we do when we see the sun, when we see the light come from the darkness? And our scriptures are going to reflect that beauty of the risen Lord. For those of you who are listening on the Hail Mary media app, I want to just thank you for downloading that app. And if you haven't yet downloaded the Hail Mary media app, it's a wonderful app that you can get this podcast, tons of great Catholic podcasts that are available every day wonderful access to prayers and resources for you in your faith walk. So I'd encourage you, it's a free download and it's a wonderful blessing. And I'm grateful for Faith Moments to be able to cooperate with Matre Day Radio and bring you these podcasts on the Hail Mary Media app. You can find Faith Moments with Dina Marie on your favorite podcast platform. So please search for Faith Moments with Dina Marie. And I'd love to connect with you on a weekly basis with this podcast. I like to begin the Faith Moments podcast looking and hearing the collect, the opening prayer for Sunday. And again, I've mentioned before that sometimes we're still not settled in our pews. We're we're maybe not quite paying attention to what's happening in the mass. There might be still scurrying of children and what have you. And but these collect prayers, and you know, remember you're not the only one hearing this prayer at your local parish in whatever city or town you live in. Everyone in the whole Catholic 
world universally is hearing this collect prayer. And it just is powerful to know that the church has these prayers to help carry us. You know, these are the nutrients. The word of God is the nutrients that brings us life. And so let's listen to the message, the theme that comes from this collect for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, year A. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure that in the name of your beloved son, we may abound in good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever. Amen. And I just want to point out a couple of words that pop off the page. In just this collect, again, it, we listen, we hear, and hopefully as we hear the word of God in these prayers, they resonate in our hearts, that resonate in the faith life that we have been given as a free gift. Uh, as baptized Christians, the Holy Spirit is working to help us hear and to uh, understand these prayers in our life. We proclaim who God is in this first sentence, this first line, almighty, ever living God. That brings me hope. That brings me joy. Our God is an ever-living God. And we're asking today to direct our actions according to not my will, not to what I want to do today. Oh, I've got this list of things to do. And I do. We're going to be traveling pretty soon. And so we've got packing lists and we've got get these things done and make sure that this is taken care of. And those are all my things. But direct our actions to your good pleasure, that in the name of Jesus, in the name of your beloved son, we may abound in good works. So that as we follow God's plan in the name of Jesus, we are following and abounding in good works. It's just a great prayer to meditate on as we come together on this Sunday. Our first reading comes from the book of Isaiah. This is chapter eight. First, the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the end, he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. Anguish has taken wing, dispelled is darkness, for there is no gloom where but now there was distress. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwell in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing. As they rejoice before you, as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed as on the day of Midian." the word of the Lord. The responsorial Psalm comes from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek to dwell in, 
in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait with wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The second reading this week comes from the letter of St. Paul, the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 1. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are rivalries among you. I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. The word of the Lord. Our gospel today on the third Sunday in Ordinary Time comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Casting a net into the sea, they were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we hear this word light quite a bit in our readings today, 
And light is certainly, you know, you are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And we are called to be lights of Christ, to bring that light out into the darkness. So there's certainly a theme of that. I, I, I pick these words, light has arisen, a newly risen sun. And think about if you've had the opportunity to experience that darkness. And some of you might get up in the morning and you have to go to work early. And so maybe you're hitting the road with your morning commute. I know for me, there's times where I hit the road by six in the morning. It's still really dark. It's really hard to see. And I'm going along a windy and more rugged road with trees and not a lot of visibility. And it gets closer to maybe seven o'clock, maybe 7.15 or so when the sun starts to peek over and I see the light. You know, and things become more visible around me. Certainly, there's almost a sense of comfort, or uh, I'm going to be guided better now that the light has arisen, that the sun has shone. And what do we think of when we think about the light or the sun? And some of you may live in more sunnier places where, you know, when that sun comes out, it's warm, it heats us. And in fact, when we encounter and stay in the presence of the sun, the sun up in the sky, you know, our skin changes, you know, we begin to glow and radiate. In fact, we, uh, many of us grew up getting suntans and probably spending too much time unprotected in the sun. But this encounter with the sun, the radiance of the sun changes us. In fact, we get, you know, vitamins. We we talk about getting vitamin D from the sun. And so we take uh, supplements to supplement what we can't get for those of us who may live in areas where there's less sunshine. So we need that nutrition, we need that radiance, we need that light for warmth, for healing, uh, for inspiration. Doesn't sun just perk you up? And, and you know, we, we tie that to the sense of those experiencing depression may be surrounded by more dark or gloomy areas of environment. It might be in a physical environment that's full of gloom, or certainly in our world, as we hear in Isaiah, the world is in a sense of gloom, gloominess, because God has not shown his light completely. He hasn't made himself manifest. He's been hidden for all of these years. And there's this prophecy, there's this proclamation, there's this looking forward that there will be a great light, not just light, but this will be a great light. And so those who have been experiencing gloom, and experience the light that shines, abundant joy, great rejoicing, marrying, um, and a rejoice before the harvest will follow. There's this, this, what comes after experiencing the light? It should change us. It should change our lifestyle. It should change how we live and how we reflect one another. We should reflect that light. Like those who have been in the sun too long and you, your skin chart tar- starts to change a different color, or maybe you turn into a lobster. You've been on the river and you come home and you are pink and red, and it could even uh, be an awful experience, but you reflect what you've experienced. But in such a beautiful and glorious way, when we've experienced the Lord and we have that encounter of a life with him, a relationship where we get to know and to meet and to encounter Jesus, the light 
of the world. The psalm is beautiful. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You know, this is the rock in which I stand. The uh, picture, the canvas behind me, it's been a family picture for a couple generations now. It was in my mother's home, my mother and father's home for many years. And I was grateful when they did some moving. Mom, can I have that 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 beautiful uh, tapestry? Because a friend of ours, a good friend of our family painted that. Um, so for Shirley, may she rest in peace. She just had a gift of bringing alive the beauty of the Oregon coast. And I think about the lighthouses that we know for those who live on the coast and for you know, many years, lighthouses have been uh, a point of salvation for those sailors out on ships and boats that are making their living and life out in the darkness of the sea. You know, they look for that lighthouse and they know on their charts, you know, their stars are certainly a guidance to where they're going, north, south, east, or west. And they know where the land is supposed to be by some of those charted lands from a map. But then the lighthouse is going to say, well, this is where this part of the land is. So this is where you're going to be safe. And this is where you want to avoid if there's some rocky areas that are going to damage and shipwreck, like Paula experienced many times, probably didn't have that lighthouse, the shipwrecks, and, and you want to avoid these dangerous areas. But the lighthouse shows the way. The lighthouse shows the way to salvation. We see that in just that simple navigational tool that has been a, a help and a guide to mariners for years and years and years. And yet the ultimate light is the Lord. He is our light and our salvation. And when we have that light, even when we're living in darkness, even when we're living in a culture that promotes values and relationships and um, and, and acknowledges and, and even encourages people to disregard human life, even though we live in that culture, we put our, our roots, we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we bring that out through love and charity in how we live in the midst of the darkness, because the darkness does not win. The darkness isn't all there is, but simultaneously with the darkness is the light of Christ. And uh, that moves me into the book of Matthew, the gospel. And we hear this progression of Jesus's call to his public life. And I want to read this commentary. I've got it right here. And it was just really insightful. Again, I'm using this. Now I'm into volume what am I into? I'm in volume three, which is ordinary time. And it's called conversations with God. And there's really insightful meditations of the different readings, but this talks about the light and the darkness. And it says here, these words of the responsorial Psalm, which we just were meditating on, you know, the, the Lord is my light and my salvation. These words are a confession of faith and a manifestation of a certainty you know, faith is a certainty. We're certain that, that we're certain in the Lord. We are certain in what God has said and what he has made known to us. Faith in our Lord, who is the light of our lives, and certainly because it is in Christ that we find the strength we need to stick to our path each day. In the creed, 
which we say during Mass, we refer to the Son of God as light from light. Isn't that beautiful? That, that phrase, light from light. Mankind walked in darkness until Jesus was born in Bethlehem and shone light on earth. God was always present. Jesus was always present, but he wasn't revealed to the world until Jesus was born through the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit at a moment in time. And that's what we had. That's why we begin our year in the liturgical year with the incarnation, the Advent season, and then preparing for the birth of the Messiah, that God would show his light. And he shows the light to the, the, the shepherds. Eventually the Magi come to seek the light. Mary and Joseph see the light. Even Elizabeth and Zechariah have a chance to experience the light in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary as she comes with haste to care for Elizabeth while Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. So Christ's brightness as he is born and then revealed to the world, not all are going to see, not all are going to recognize. And in fact, many who see the light go the other way and they go back into the darkness because they're comfortable with the darkness and the gloom, the sinfulness that that resembles to them as a comfort. And when the light comes, you know, a light could heal and burn things away that are not necessary. You know, our, our sin is not necessary. Burn it away. The light shines and heals us from that sin. It says, then he, that bright morning star, Jesus hides himself for years in the little town of Bethlehem, or excuse me, the little town of Nazareth, and lives the normal life of his fellow countrymen. It is a mystery. We don't know. After Jesus was born, they had those few years, and we know just one episode as he's a teenager, when he is in the temple and his parents are fearing that they lost <laughs> the son of God. We hear that account, and then we hear that he goes back and is obedient to his parents, probably takes up the work of his father, Joseph, but he lives a normal life, even though he is the light, right? He is the light of Christ. He's been born. He's walking amongst the neighbors of Nazareth. It hasn't, it hasn't fully been revealed to the rest of the world until Jesus enters his public ministry. And there's a there's a step, there's a step in a process for all of this because we open today's gospel with John the Baptist being arrested. And we think that's terrible. You know, we want John the Baptist to be free to, but that was part of the plan. And one of the things I think about is, you know, there are parts of our plan, our daily lives that we don't understand. And we think, oh, I don't really want this to happen. But we have to move through the motions. Let the Lord guide. Jesus saw this is the time for me to move my next step into proclaiming, to preaching, to teaching. And then what does he do? Call. He starts to call his team. He's calling the apostles. He's preaching repentance. John has done his part. He has fulfilled his duty in the plan of God, in the plan of salvation. And now Jesus fully into his public ministry, is going to move forward to lead to the ultimate part of the mission, the passion, the death, and then the resurrection. 
so he can bring us new life. One final sentence here that I really was moved by, it says, like a newly risen sun, Jesus brings the radiance of truth to the world. I think that's a great line to close with. Like a newly risen sun. Have you ever seen the sun rise? Oh my goodness. I'll tell one little story. It just brought, you know, just saying that, just saying that should bring a um, a memory to you. But I, a few years back in the summertime, I was invited by a men's group. They were having a men's retreat, a weekend retreat, and they go to this beautiful, beautiful area where you camp. So they had tents and trailers and RVs and things while well, I stayed in the house. Um, and they wanted me to speak during that weekend retreat. And part of the view where we live, there's a beautiful view of Mount Hood, an amazing mountain and all of the trees and the hills. But where we would, where we were located, we would see the sunrise right there at Mount Hood. And everybody, well, most everybody, we got up really early. The guys had the fire um, lit and the campfire, and we were all waiting for that sunrise. And it was kind of funny because, of course, everybody has their cell phones and we all have our cameras and we want to just try to get the glimpse, that perfect picture of the sunrise. And you know what you can't? You can't capture that picture of a sunrise I don't care how great of a photography for you are, it's in the experience. You feel the radiance. You see all of a sudden those stars where I saw just countless numbers of stars in the sky, they disappear because of the rising of the sun. And, and, you, and you feel the air and you hear the birds and the animals stirring. They're also recognizing plant life animal life is recognizing here come here comes the sun as a uh, strawberry fields would sing here comes the sun and i say it's all right the sun is coming the lord is here he rises in our lives do we recognize that it's not a picture it's not a happy story it's an experience as a person he's a relationship to be lived with forever so let me read the whole sentence to you. Like a newly risen sun, Jesus brings the radiance of truth to the world and a supernatural clarity to minds which no longer want to remain in a state of darkness, ignorance, or error. That's what we need. We need the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. God be with you this week and continue to shine your light of Jesus Christ today and always. Amen. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.